From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome you to this broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. As we begin this new year, we invite you to hear Dr. Cairns as he continues a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for today comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 14. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. It is a sweet thought that Jesus Christ did not come forth without His Father's permission, authority, consent, and assistance. He was sent of the Father, that He might be the Savior of men. We are too apt to forget that while there are distinctions as to the persons in the Trinity, there are no distinctions of honor. We too frequently ascribe the honor of our salvation, or at least the depths of its benevolence, more to Jesus Christ than we do the Father. This is a very great mistake. What if Jesus came? Did not His Father send Him? If He spake wondrously... Did not his father pour grace into his lips, that he might be an able minister of the new covenant? He who knoweth the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost as he should know them, never sets one before another in his love. He sees them at Bethlehem, at Gethsemane, and on Calvary, all equally engaged in the work of salvation. O Christian, hast thou put thy confidence in the man Christ Jesus? Hast thou placed thy reliance solely on him? And art thou united with him? Then believe that thou art united unto the God of heaven. Since to the man Christ Jesus thou art brother, and holdest closest fellowship, thou art linked thereby with God the Eternal, and the Ancient of Days is thy father and thy friend. Didst thou ever consider the depth of love in the heart of Jehovah, when God the Father equipped his Son for the great enterprise of mercy? If not... Be this thy day's meditation. The Father sent him. Contemplate that subject. Think of how Jesus works what the Father wills. In the wounds of the dying Savior, see the love of the great I Am. Let every thought of Jesus be also connected with the eternal, ever-blessed God. For it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Down at the cross where my Savior died 
fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. In this day of many uncertainties, the political unrest, widespread violence, and moral confusion, people are asking, what is it all about? What does life mean, or does it have any meaning? Thankfully, there is one place where despairing men, women, and young people can find the answers to those questions, the Holy Bible, God's inspired, inerrant word. The Apostle Paul, speaking of the gospel, wrote, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. He was referring to the righteousness that God gives to sinners on the basis of Christ's death on the cross. A medical doctor who found life's answer in Christ has written a brief summary of the central teaching of the Bible in a booklet called The Meaning of Life and the Love of God. In a few clearly written pages, he explains how sinners can find forgiveness and redemption in God's blessed Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For a free copy of The Meaning of Life and the Love of God, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak. 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of The Meaning of Life and the Love of God, and we'll be happy to provide it.
On today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns concludes a message entitled, He Has Done All Things Well. The scripture narrative in Mark chapter 7 contains the record of Christ performing many miracles of healing in the area of Decapolis, a predominantly Gentile region. Many came to him with various diseases and conditions, but the focus is upon a man who was deaf and dumb. Jesus employed an unusual method in this instance, but the man was immediately healed. Christ's method is instructive. He took the man aside privately, showing that God's dealings with sinners are done personally. Christ sighed over the man, as he does over every needy soul, a lesson in compassion. He spoke the word, and the man was healed. It is through Christ's touch and his word that sinners are brought to know him. Now Dr. Cairns brings the final portion of this message. He hath done all things well. Deafness is one of the most difficult worlds in which to live. Now keep that in mind. And they bring this deaf man to the Lord Jesus. What did the Lord Jesus do? First of all, he took him aside. It shows you how much the Lord knows about people. You know the most difficult thing for deaf people is a crowd? A deaf person can very often deal with you one-on-one. They can learn to read your lips. Uh, They can, if they have any hearing at all, they can try to zero in on that one person. But with all the noise going on around them, it makes them feel so inadequate. It it makes them feel so frustrated. It's impossible for them to operate in that great crowd. So what did the Lord Jesus do? He took him aside, away from the crowd. Now, how he kept the crowd back, I'm not told, but he kept the crowd back, and he got that man one-on-one. And then he put his fingers in his ears. Why did he do that? I don't know. I think it's probably saying, this is your problem, and I'm going to deal with it. In that age and culture... To spit upon the fingers and touch the tongue is really say, that's your problem. But I have the virtue and I will bring that virtue to bear and I will touch your tongue. He made this man feel the extent of his need. But he assured him of his own power and willingness to meet the need. Then he looked up to heaven. And surely in doing that, he was lifting the man's gaze beyond the people, even beyond his affliction, and getting his eyes upon God. Because listen, I think he's telling this man, man, you can get your hearing back and go to hell. You can get your speech back and go to hell. There is something more important than the hearing of the ear. There's something more important than the speaking of the tongue. There is a right relationship with God, and that's what you need. He looked up to heaven, surely to tell him, man, that's where your trust should be. Remember the psalmist's words, I to the hills will lift mine eyes, from whence doth come mine aid. My safety cometh from the Lord, who heaven and earth hath made. And then he sighed. He sighed. You know, a deaf person like that would know what it is for people to sigh. But they sigh with anger. 
They sigh with bitterness. They sigh with lack of understanding. I can't get through to you. I'm fed up with you. Deaf people are used to hearing or, should I say, seeing that kind of a response. But what a sigh this was as he saw the breast of the Son of God heave mightily with his eyes to heaven. That man recognized I'm dealing with the one above all who knows my case and who loves my soul. And then he spoke, Ephatha, be opened. You see, whatever the particular means he chooses, these actions were right for the man involved. They were just the right actions. Whatever he chooses in other cases, these actions, I think, will show some of the things that he always does when he saves souls. He always gets the soul alone with him. I've been in many a meeting where a man has come out and said, you were preaching at me and nobody else. Every one of us can remember times when God came along. There might have been 50 people. We might have been in a crowd of 5,000 people. But God was dealing with us. When God starts to work with a soul, he isolates that soul with himself and begins to speak to him, even in the middle of a crowd. Then he touches the points of our need makes us feel what our need really is. You see, you'll never get saved until you feel you're a needy sinner. You'll never get cleansed until you feel you're filthy. You'll never get reconciled to God until you feel your alienation from God. You'll never be saved from hell until you recognize you're on the road to hell. He made us feel our need. And then he assures us of his power and willingness to make us whole. He directs your attention to heaven. You see, this is always the major ingredient in his dealings. With us to focus our attention away from earth toward eternity. Away from the physical to the spiritual. Away from the temporal to the everlasting. We get so taken up. If God would only heal my body, if God would only meet my financial needs, if God would only do this, if God would only do that, oh, that would be such a great blessing. Sometimes the Lord doesn't do those things because we are so far from reality and from truth in our hearts that the blessing would come between us and the God who gave it. You need something more than healing of body. You need grace of soul. You need the communion of earth with heaven. And having made us face the need in its extent, he shows us the only source of our help, his own great love for our souls. I like what Martin Luther said in this passage. He said, That sigh was not drawn from Christ on account of the single tongue and ear of this poor man. But it is a common sigh over all tongues and ears, yea, over all hearts, bodies, and souls, and over all men from Adam to his last descendant. That sigh of Christ is a sigh over you and over me. He loves us still. I want to say this to you this morning. However much his people feel in loving you, Never doubt 
the love of the one who sighed over that Gentile who could neither hear nor speak. You come here this morning with heavy heart, darkened soul, uncertain future. Hear the sigh of the Son of God. There is no love like the love of Jesus. And it has never changed. He loves sinners. Not after they have been able to give up their sin. He loves them even in the depths of their iniquity. And he loves to see of sinners. That's why he speaks the word. The word of salvation be opened and immediately releases us from our depravity so that we can receive the truth of God and looses our tongues that we may speak his praise. I think of that man in Decapolis. You know the first voice he heard was the voice of the Savior. First words that penetrated were the voice, were the words that came from the Son of God. He began to listen. Then he began to lisp the praises of the Savior. What do you think that tongue that's loosed will speak about? What would that man have spoken about? Do you think that man just healed? Do you think he'd have been talking about yesterday's football game? Do you think he'd be talking about the stock market? Do you think he'd be talking about the weather? Do you think he'd be discussing high-flown philosophy or theology? No, I want to tell you that man whose tongue was just loosed, whose ears had just been opened, man, he would have been singing and sounding the praises of him who has done all things well. I think that was the man who was leading the choir when they were glorifying the God of Israel. Let me tell you, that's what Jesus does, and that's how he does it. I haven't time to follow through in this, but I'm going to leave it with you that you may never forget it if you are already a Christian. Jesus does, and how he does it, show us our task and the way we ought to set about it. Our task is to reach the world, not just our comfortable little Galilee, but out there in that pagan world, that unsaved world. I understand personal separation for a Christian is biblical and right and important and indeed essential. But I get worried when I hear Christians who want to have jobs, homes, environment, everything that's isolating them from the unsaved world. I get worried about that because you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And if God's people are not willing to live and to work and to breathe and talk and sing and do right among the ungodly, how are the ungodly ever to hear? Evangelism can never be done at a distance. 
And the idea that we can simply invade communities and drop a few gospel tracts and think that we're going to see a great harvest, it is not biblical evangelism. Oh, that we may know what it is to penetrate the world of the ungodly, to reach the pagans, to be sensitive to the needs of souls, and to be ready to meet those needs, to realize that among the crowds there are people we must seek to get alone with. When Stephen Hamilton was down dropping his daughters off to school, well, we were out to dinner and I don't know, as preachers do when they get together, they talk about all their preachers, Spurgeon and all, and books that were read and all the rest of it. And they said about the, an illustration that Mr. Spurgeon gave, so you get a whole lot of bottles, empty bottles. If you want to fill them with water, what do you do? You don't just take a, a pipe and spread water over the whole lot of them. They may get a little water, but if you want to fill those bottles, you take one at a time and you fill it and set it aside. You take another and you fill it and you set it aside. Hit and miss evangelism is like turning a hose pipe on a field of empty bottles. You know, there comes the, the hard work, the necessary work. drawing one aside. That means investing your time. It means investing your love to get them to Christ. And then we should emulate our master's methods. Here's a sermon in itself. The look of Christ. He saw this man, took him aside, the touch of Christ. The touch of Christ. May I ask you, have you ever really touched a life? Have you ever really touched a life? It's so easy to get so withdrawn in our own little shell, so selfishly withdrawn into our own lovely little world. I... I have my home, my family, and I believe in the primacy of home and family. But it's so easy to get in there, and the world can go to hell, and what do I care? God forgive us. God forgive us. He touched that man. His upward look to heaven tells us that in our dealings with men, we must be in touch with God and we must have the power of heaven for the problems of earth. His sigh tells us that we will never evangelize or win souls by mechanical methods. There is the, the, the flowing of the love of the heart. And I want to tell you, any man can see the difference between somebody who's simply handing him a attract and by the way do that do that do it all you can not against it but anybody can see the difference between that and somebody who has a heart for his soul and then there's his touch his look his sigh but then his word give them the word give them the word 
Don't come up with some alternative to the word, some substitute for the word. Don't come up with some dumb little scheme that God has a plan for your life. God has something good to say or do to you. Man, deal with the problem, deal with the sin, and authoritatively give them the word of the gospel, which says to the deaf ears and the the tongue that's impeded, be opened, be loosed. Give them the gospel. Use the words of Isaiah 42, Hear ye deaf. Hear ye deaf. And thank God they will hear the word of the book. You know, this is still true. He has done all things well. And we can prove it. He meets the needs of souls. He's saving the lost. He's bringing into the family of God people who have lived their lives with rejection and fear. He's bringing families together that have been splintered by sin. He's preparing them to live out days of heaven upon the earth. Why? Because what he does, he does well. What's your need this morning? You need to be saved. He'll save you well. Backslidden, but you need to be restored. He'll restore you well. What do you need? What's your home need? Bring it to Jesus, for he does all things well. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 